It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is an episode of On the Couch with Windy. That's me. Um, this is a podcast which we usually put out behind the Patreon paywall. But in this instance, I'm putting it on the main podcast feed for reasons I'll come on to in a moment. Uh, The concept behind the podcast is that we have a really fascinating Discord community. And so I'm kind of working my way through them one by one, interviewing them, talk about their lives. And in this case, I spoke to Dakota, who has had some major health troubles in the past year. Uh, And... I felt like it needed to be heard by a wider audience and the reasons for that will become clear as we as we speak. Um, there is a trigger warning for people who have health-related anxiety. I can imagine this could be a tough listen for, for you if, if you fall into that category, so listen with caution. Uh, if, like me, you are moved by Dakota's story, you might feel like you want to make a charitable donation after listening, so I will put the details of relevant charities in the show notes I hope you enjoy this as much as you can enjoy listening to something of this subject matter. Dakota tells the story so brilliantly. He's he's a great person, and uh, and yeah, I'm just so glad he's okay. Back on the couch once more. This time it's a slightly different episode because we have a narrative, which is uh, intriguing. I'm with the silly man. Hello, how's it going? It's good. It's good. Doing good. Um, I don't know if I already mentioned this to you, but I'm getting married on Saturday. Um, so I've been kind of like running around like a chicken with my head cut off doing last minute wedding things. I just got my hair. I was a little late uh, responding to you because I just got my hair cut and it took longer than anticipated. And we're, you know trying to figure out how to get guests to and from the venue and you know figuring all the last minute stuff out so that's a lot a lot less uh less fun than i anticipated but you've got a lot going on now i mean yeah oh yeah it just means that i appreciate you taking the time to do this even more than i would have done oh no Uh, more more than happy it's it's great to have you on um are are you happy to say what your your actual name is yeah, so my name is Dakota uh, Silly Man, um, which is my real last name. It's not a joke. It's not. I think a lot of people on the Discord think it's just like my nickname, my handle, but it's it's my 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 real last name. Um, I like to joke that uh, I'm gonna change my name to the um, because uh, or my middle name to the because it it it, it just suits me so well. Um, 
yeah, I, it's a it's a, a fun a fun little thing. I'm uh, I'm I'm the real sil- silly man. And is the person you're getting married to planning to take your last name? She is not. Um, we had some conversations. To be honest, like I I don't really care. Like my mom didn't take my dad's last name. Um, my fiance is pretty attached to her last name, so I was just like, you know, it's it it wasn't it wasn't really a a, a thing. Like I I never really expected it, just because of the way my last name is. And and she was like, is it okay if I keep my last name? And I was like, yeah, of course, it doesn't matter. Nice, nice. That's a good compromise. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so so the reason there's narrative to this is well, I'll let you tell it from the start. So, yeah. Something pretty major to happen to you. Um, mm-hmm. You you got diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. Can you talk us through? I guess from the start when you realized something wasn't quite right. Yeah. Um, so it's funny. Uh, it was probably a little less than a year ago. Um, maybe even a year ago. You know, this this week or so. But probably late July, early August of 2020. I was noticing I was having just a ton of like back pain and like kind of muscle stuff and I you know I'd been playing pickup soccer I kind of stopped you know because the pandemic uh was you know had been ramping up and stuff but I had played you know just just a couple times and I was like ah you know I must have pulled something and I I realized you know we're spending a lot of time in the apartment just sitting on the couch because it's a pandemic um uh but I I had just been noticing like whenever I stood for more than a couple minutes my my back would just you know destroy me my kind of lower back on the left side. Um, and then, and here's where it gets a little graphic. Um, then, so I woke up one day and I just noticed that my, my left testicle was like the size of a softball, just like huge and really hard. And like, just, you know, something was, was not right with it. Um, and you know, it was the pandemic. So I was like, I have no idea what to do. You know, I was like, oh, this is so, you know, it's my testicle. I don't really want to be like talking to people about it. It's kind of embarrassing. You know, I don't want to be like rushing to the hospital because it's a pandemic ever. You know, the hospitals are crazy packed and, you know, who knows what the deal is. So finally, um, I, uh, I, I think I called a telehealth like a telehealth service. I just like through my insurance, there's like, I found a telehealth appointment and I, you know, after like two and a half hours of waiting to talk to someone, I finally talked to someone. I was like, Hey, you know, I'm having this problem with my testicle. I've also been having weird back pain. Like, uh, what should I do? You know, should I just try to make an appointment with my primary care? Is there like, can I get some antibiotics or something? And, uh, they basically said, you need to get to an urgent care right now. Uh, because it sounds like, testicular torsion um which is like uh when the testicle becomes like twisted and it can be you know you have to get it removed real quick and it can you know cause a bunch of other problems so i was like oh no so uh i think it was like a a sunday afternoon by the time i talked to them it was like almost six o'clock um and I couldn't find, I live in Chicago and I couldn't find any urgent cares open except the one on the far north side, like probably an, a good hour and a half away from me. Um, so I made an appointment at the urgent care, uh, drove an hour and a half, got to the urgent care and the people in front of me, um, like definitely, I don't know if that, I can't confirm they have COVID, but like they were coughing and like were sweaty. And I was just like, I don't know if I can handle this right now. Like, I don't know if I want to, you know, be inside this building 
with this person in front of me and like the the I could tell the staff was really stressed and like there was a ton of people in the waiting room and stuff and my appointment had been for like you know I made it for eight o'clock or something and they closed at nine I think and I was in the waiting room till nine fifteen. um and finally they brought me back and the doctor was like drop your pants I'll take a look we'll figure it out I dropped my pants she didn't even didn't even need to like touch it or feel it. she was like you need to go to the ER right now and I was like, what? <laughs> she was like, you got to go to the ER right, right now. Like, I can't I can't do anything about this, but something is very wrong. So I was like, at this point, I was like kind of starting to freak out. You know, I got lucky because I, I didn't Google anything. Like, I didn't try to figure out what it was on my own before I went to the doctor. I was just like, oh, it's probably an infection. I'll go to the doctor. Um, but she was like, you need to go to the ER. Um, and I was like, well, I have terrible insurance. ER visits are so expensive. I have no idea how I'm going to make that happen. Uh, so I, um, I like literally was trying to call my insurance to figure out what ER I could go to that would be covered. And since it was, you know, nine o'clock on a Sunday or Saturday, whatever it was, my insurance wasn't open. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go to the nearest one and figure it out. And I remember driving there and Chicago's roads are terrible. There's like potholes everywhere. I'm driving there and being in like so much discomfort every time we, you know, I went over a pothole and just being like, ah, this sucks. Uh, so got to the ER. Um, they did, you know, waited in the ER forever, just for so long, probably till, you know, midnight or so. Finally got in a room. They did an ultrasound and they were just like, uh, we don't know what it is, but you need to have your testicle taken out very soon. And I was like, okay, all right. And they're like, we're going to give you some antibiotics, uh, but we're going to set you up with um, a urologist and you need to see this urologist like as soon as humanly possible. Uh, because there's a chance it's cancer. And I was like, oh, uh, that's not good. And I asked him about the back pain. And I just, the, when I asked about the back pain, I could see the nurse, her like face just like fell. And she was like, oh, um, it could be radiating pain. Like, don't worry about it. It's pr it might just be radiating pain. I was like, okay, whatever. Um, so went home, like told my fiance, told my parents and was just kind of like, Hey, I have this problem going on. They gave me antibiotics, but I got to go see a urologist and they're probably going to have to take it out. Didn't, didn't want to say cancer quite yet, but was just kind of like, you know, had that in the back of my mind. Got to the urologist uh, or like called the urologist the next day. He didn't have any appointments for like a week or so, made an appointment for the week or so, was like, okay, I got to check with all my insurance, make sure this urologist is covered, blah, blah, blah. So I called my insurance. I told them the urologist's name, told them the hospital. And they're like, yes, we cover that hospital, should be covered, no problem get to the urologist and the urologist is like, oh, your, your insurance doesn't cover us. And I'm like, wait, I called my insurance. They said they cover you, said they cover the hospital. They're like, oh, well, they cover the hospital, but he he's, even though we're in the hospital, his, his plan is separate from the hospital's plan. So it's going to be $400 or something, you know, something ridiculous like that. And I was like, okay, I guess I have to cancel this appointment and wait longer. And then the urologist like came out and was like, hey, you can't, you gotta see me. Like there's just like the ER sent me your information. They said like, you need to, you need to be seen right away. Like this could be really serious. Like I, I'm sorry, just like pay it and we'll figure something out later. We'll figure out a plan or something or whatever. So I, I paid it. I saw him and he was like, yeah, we got to take it out in a couple days. Like I'm going to schedule you for my next surgery slot. Um, it's probably cancer. We won't know until uh, the biopsy comes back, but you need to like be prepared for that. And I was not prepared for that. Um, 
So went and had the surgery, which the initial surgery actually where they just they just take out one testicle is actually not bad at all. It's called an orchiectomy. Um, it's a really quick surgery. Uh, they release you the same day. You don't have to like stay overnight in the hospital or anything like that. Um, and by, you know, like you have some soreness, but like by, you know, a week later, you're back to complete normal, like no problem. Um, so that's really nice. And one of the reasons I wanted to come on is because, uh, if, if you are smarter than I am and more prepared than I am and you check yourself, uh, you know, for lumps and bumps and anything kind of weird going on, uh, with your testicles, you can catch it early and, you, all you would have to do, even if you have, you know, the most aggressive cancer, if you can catch it early, all you need to do is get it taken out. All you need to do is have the first surgery. Um, for me, I, I wasn't that lucky. I didn't check myself. I waited till, you know, I had back pain and I had really uh, severe symptoms. So after the orchiectomy, we got, you know, there's just, it's like everything goes fast and slow at the same time. So, um, they like do a bunch of tests, your biopsy comes back, they hook you up with an oncologist, um, which luckily for me was right downstairs uh, from like literally the first floor of the same hospital building. Um, and so I had all my my CT scans, all my, they do x-rays, they do blood tests, they do, you know, you get every scan they could possibly do. Um, and then you wait, you know, you, you have like two days where you get all these tests done and then you have to wait for all the results. And it, that's, I think that was probably one of the hardest parts is just waiting. And I remember I was, uh, at the time my, my fiance, uh, was going to school for, um, to become a massage therapist. So she was in school all day. So I, and I was, you know, just sitting around waiting. And I remember I was like walking around on the street trying to, I think maybe going to the grocery store or something. And my fiance was supposed to pick me up. And it was like my oncologist called with the results. And like, I couldn't hear her. And my fiance was calling because she was around the corner and all this stuff. And I just remember my oncologist saying like, oh, it's spread. We found, you know, cancer. It, you have a large mass in your lymph nodes. You have spots in your lungs. Uh, we need to get you a brain scan to make sure it hasn't gone to your brain, just all this stuff. And she didn't say this, but what I heard was stage four. And I remember getting off the phone, my fiance, like I finally found her car, just getting in the car and just bawling my eyes out and just like losing it. Like I'm going to, you know, I'm a goner um, and all this stuff. So my fiance, you know, who I cannot say enough amazing things about uh, during this process, just like I, I wouldn't be here without her. Um just like calmed me down was like, we're going to figure this out. Your appointment with the oncologist to see them in person is, you know, in two days, you'll get more answers and that kind of stuff. Uh, so had two days. Can, can where I just I was pause just... you there, Dakota. This is so, I mean, you're telling this story so beautifully. And there's so much to take in. Mm -hmm. I, I, and I kind of want to follow up on a couple of the points because I feel yeah. like there's, there's like another chunk of the story to go. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I want to just touch on a couple of the points that you've, you've mentioned early on because mm -hmm. i mean some of this is just absolutely mind-blowing the stuff you've been through yeah. in such a short space of time is mind-blowing i, I want to kind of go back firstly if you don't mind me asking how old are you mm -hmm. oh i am 28 so i okay. at the time i was 27 now i'm 28 and i would imagine that that's quite young to have tested yeah cancer. well so actually that's and that's a, another reason why i kind of asked to come on so the the age range and the kind of demographic for a testicular cancer is from ages 15 to 40. Wow. And okay. anyone that has test, uh, to anyone that has testicles, I've actually, it's really funny. Uh, there's a couple, um, 
uh, trans people on the testicular cancer Reddit group. So at first, you know, and all the language about testicular cancer is all about, oh, men, men, men. But it's not. It's it's further than that. So literally anyone, uh, if you're between the ages of 15 and 40, you're at risk. And I've met some, you know, I, I'd say t- late 20s is actually probably the norm. Wow. Um, at least in the the kind of discussions I have, and there's uh, there's people active in the kind of testicular cancer community as young as 15, 16 years old. Um, so it is it is that's one of the reasons is like um, our demographic for people that I want to get checking themselves and paying attention to this stuff is is kind of the age range of you know 15 to 40, which kind of is right in line with the the age range of you know Spurs fans and people that listen to the podcast and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, really insane to me. I, I had no yeah. idea. Um, yeah. And I'm interested. So you went from having back pains to mm-hmm. what you the way you phrased it. I woke up and my left testicle is the size of a softball. Yep. And to you, did it feel like that happened overnight? And in reality, what's the likelihood that that actually happened yeah. quite quickly? Or would that have built up over a long period of time? Well, so... Um... For me, it definitely felt like an overnight thing. It felt, it, it was literally like I, I never noticed any, you know, I wasn't someone that was, you know, like conscious of, oh, I need to be doing tests. I need to be, you know, making sure there aren't any lumps, uh, that sort of thing. I wasn't paying attention until, until I got the pain and the back pain, you know, I just put it off as, you know, pulled something playing, mm. playing pickup in the park or something. Um, until until I kind of like woke up and I was like, wow, my my left testicle hurts. And then I kind of felt it. And then I was like, oh, something's definitely wrong. So in reality, um, uh, even though I did have one of the faster, more aggressive types in reality, it probably started with um, a lump, a lump on my left testicle that I just ignored or did, you know, didn't notice in, at all. Uh, and then kind of as as it you know, over the course of a few months or a few weeks, or they, they can't really tell me. I've asked a couple times, like, oh, how long did I have this before I found it? And it's like, there's no particular way to tell, but it was probably a while. Um, it kind of got, you know, more and more, it grew and grew and spread and spread. You know, like I said, it, it's, it, I, I, I didn't spread to my brain, luckily, but I had, you know, spread all in my lymph nodes, uh, a few, a few had spots in my lungs, uh, that sort of thing. So it was, even though I had one of the more aggressive varieties of testicular cancer, it was probably still doing work for a while before, you know, I noticed it. And I could have saved myself a lot of trouble if I had been, you know, hey, I'm taking a shower, I got to clean down there, I need to, you know, kind of give myself a little exam, make sure everything feels all right. Um, And that's what I want people to take away from this is like, hey, you guys, you know, we're mostly young guys, you know, late 20s, early 30s, maybe, maybe late 30s, doesn't matter. Um, You know, we, we kind of feel maybe a little invincible, or I felt a little invincible um, until this, but it's, it's an easy thing to do. There's lots of guides online of how to do it. You know, just if you Google search, you know, testicular cancer self-exam or, you know, testicle self-exam, you'll find it's really easy to do in the shower. You just kind of like, you know, check yourself. It takes a minute. You just do it, you know, maybe once a month, you know, just while you're taking a shower, clean up down there. Um, and you could you could really save yourself a lot of trouble. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Because even though testicular cancer is relatively rare, it's one of the most common cancers in young men. Um, and the the rates of testicular cancer in young young men or young people with testicles are are going up. Um, so it is really important to like you know, and it's an easy thing to do. Just like I said, once a month in the shower, cleaning up down there. Just take a minute and kind of poke around. And you know, if you find something weird, maybe ask a doctor about it. If you don't, great. You know. I, th- I really appreciate you saying that. All that stuff is um, such an important issue. Um, if if you don't mind, if you can like pick up where you left off before. And I'm sorry yeah. for interrupting, but I just wanted to. Oh kind no, of, not at all. Be- before I lost track of what I wanted to follow up on. So yeah. So you you'd had this call, this horrendous phone call, telling you that yeah. there there are other signs of cancer elsewhere in your body. Mm-hmm. What happened after that? So had you know two days, maybe a few days. I don't know. It's, it's hard to remember this time. Cause it's kind of like blocked out a little bit, sure. um, but had a few days of just like being at home, like worrying, being like, I'm going to die. What am I do? You know, what, what goes on? You know, I'm this, this late stage is in my lungs. It's going to take over my body, blah, blah, blah. And luckily for me, I found a, a great community in on Reddit. Uh, there's a testicular cancer subreddit that's super, just amazing, helpful, really great community. Um, just like everyone is so supportive. Everyone has really good information, good advice, can kind of tell you what to expect and stuff. So I, I during this kind of waiting period, I found that and people kind of calmed me down. I was like, oh, my doctor said stage four. And they were like, hey, there is no... There is not really a stage four for testicular cancer. That's one of the good good things. If you if you get a cancer, you know, testicular cancer is one of the ones if that's a little better. The outlook um, is 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 quite positive in comparison to some other cancers. Not to say that there aren't uh, you know people people who die from testicular cancer. There've been a, a couple people that I've you know conversed with on Reddit who ended up either a, a couple people have passed away. A couple people are you know doctors have told them, hey, like go. There's nothing else we can do. Go do your bucket list type thing. Um, but overall, even in the later stages, in most cases, it's very very curable. So that calmed me down. You know, I went from being I'm gonna die freaking out to hey, you know, this sucks, you know, but you're good. The doctors are going to take care of you. You're going to be all right in all likelihood. So had my oncologist appointment and they were like, okay, we're going to get you started on chemo, you know, right away. Uh, the, the standard chemotherapy for testicular cancer is called, um, people call it three X B E P because it's three rounds of, uh, th- a, a chemo cocktail. That's, uh, bleomycin, uh, cisplatin in the platin is with the P and atopicide. Um, so they, they give you, uh, three cycles. Each cycle I think is a month, three weeks or a month. Um, and it's three pretty, pretty, uh, intense drugs. So started chemotherapy during, during, you know, like right in the midst of the pandemic, which was really hard because, uh, you know, it's, it's, I couldn't have anyone with me in the hospital. I couldn't have anyone with me, you know, in the chair while I was getting the chemo. Uh, my, my partner had to, you know, um, she had to 
go to stop going to school. Uh, she was going to school to become a massage therapist, but she was, you know, going to in-person school and just, you know, being put at risk because she was around so many people and I didn't have an immune system. So I was, we had to be like really, really careful um, with me. So that was really hard. Um, but yeah, chemotherapy, you know, it's no joke. It's, it's, it's pretty rough. Um, and especially um, uh, the, there are certain days where you get different drugs and the bleomycin days is like the, some of the worst days of my life. You know, I had, couldn't, couldn't eat, couldn't, couldn't sleep, couldn't get out of bed. You know, I was having just the worst nausea you could imagine. There was a week where I was, they had to take me back to the hospital cause I couldn't keep crackers down. I just didn't eat hardly anything for a full probably six or seven days. And it's like, they had to take me back in and, you know, put me on an IV and try to met, you know, put me on more intense nausea medication. They ended up putting me on um, uh, something that's meant to treat like psychosis because it was the only thing that could uh, allow me to keep food down. And one thing I want to say is during that, you know, three or so months, uh, one thing that really got me through and really helped me was the the discord was the the podcast and the discord and i wasn't very active because i'm you know totally zonked out chemo brain you know but i would just i would just scroll through the discord and see all the all the things i would just listen to the podcast i really lent i you know when i went into chemo i was like i'm gonna what read books i'm gonna you know my my family bought me a switch i was like i'm gonna play so many switch games i'm gonna read so many books and it's just like I, you don't have the energy for any of it so it was literally like such an easy thing to just put on a podcast scroll the discord you know and it re- it was really really helpful you know i didn't post a bunch in that time just because I, I i literally like didn't have the mental kind of capacity or the energy but just reading other people's stuff um you know getting to like uh pardon my french shit on Mourinho a little bit with some <laughs> other menu i was just like you know i wanted spurs to be so good because i was like if they're you know this can be my like one positive is like watching tottenham every week and like lifting my spirits and it was like kind of the worst period where like just full-on Mourinho ball and i I didn't like Mourinho from the beginning, but like this, I I was so, I was like, this is my one release, my one, my one thing. And he has taken all the joy away from it. Um, So it was very cathartic to like listen to the pod every week and, you know, go in the discord. That was really nice. Um, so, yeah. Thank you for and, saying that. That's really, that's, yeah, really, that's really, that's really great that um, it yeah. helped you out. And uh, I think we can put on record that um, Jose Mourinho is is many <laughs> many things, but um, the, the main one is he's someone who tortures can- cancer patients and yes, uh, that's that should exactly be on his CV is. forever. Oh um, yeah, he uh, steals joy. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe how much you've been through for such a sort of still young person. Oh yeah, and, and in a year when there's a pandemic ongoing too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this must have taken such a huge toll on your emotional well-being and your mental yeah. he- mental health. Yeah, I mean, it it definitely was it was difficult. I mean, I started. I'm really lucky because like going in, I was like, I got to take care of my mental health. Like I I kind of do. I'm always been super passionate about mental health. I mm-hmm. like try to do a little side mental health project uh, podcast that I've have a couple episodes um, released of. Um, So I knew going in like, hey, I need to start, you know, I need to get some anxiety medicine, I need to start something for, you know, like, I already was feeling pretty depressed, I'm gonna start something for that. And I started seeing a therapist, which was really helpful. Um, You know, mental health, uh, medical medication was really helpful. I don't know how I would have gotten through it without that. Um, 
and my partner too, you know, my, my fiance, you know, sacrificed so much. She took, you know, six months off school. She, you know, like spent her, her six months taking care of me, you know, being my caretaker pretty much 24 seven, you know, watching me lose my hair, watching me lose weight, taking care of me when I, you know, couldn't sleep, when I couldn't eat, you know, all that sort of things drive me to and from the hospital, you know, however many times a week, um, so yeah, I was I, I it was a lot, but it I, I was really lucky. It was kind of like I I don't I definitely wasn't prepared for it, but I I was very lucky in that like I had people to care for me and also I had I wasn't afraid to start therapy, medicine, that sort of thing whereas like I think uh, the stigma prevents a lot of people from from doing that or they just don't know, you know, it's 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 just a difficult difficult thing. So yeah, finally finished chemotherapy in January. Um, of 2021, uh, proposed to my fiance on Valentine's Day, so in February, um, and then got some follow-up scans after chemotherapy. Um, most of the cancer was gone. My like blood, my tumor markers were way down. They were super happy, um, but they did some, you know, another CT scan, and the mass in my in my lymph nodes had actually stayed about the same, and was one of the largest masses my oncologist had actually ever seen. Uh, so they were like, "We got to do this surgery. It's called an RPLND, where they take out all of your lymph nodes, um, and it's a really intense surgery. Really, really difficult. Takes a really long time. There are very few surgeons who do it well, um, and it's it's kind of a thing where you need a surgeon who does a lot of them because um, a lot of the people that do succumb or people that do die of testicular cancer don't die of the cancer itself. They die because the RPLND um, is, you know, it's right, especially my mass was right next to my aorta. So like if you, you know, you don't want, you don't want a surgeon making a little slip and cutting your aorta or anything like that, which um, has happened. So luckily the, the, um, best place in the world uh, for testicular cancer treatment is Indiana University, um, IU, which is about three hours from Chicago. Uh, so I actually talked to my urologist um, who did my orchiectomy and I said, hey, I need an RPLND. Can you do an RPLND? And he said, no, I can't. I said, can you recommend anyone in Chicago? He said, probably not. He said, but the, you know, if you go to Indiana U University, they will, they're, they're the number one, they do the most RPLNDs. The, the person who, uh, basically turned testicular cancer from a death sentence into highly curable still practices at Indiana University. His name's Dr. Einhorn. Um, and my surgeon in Chicago hooked me up with Dr. Einhorn, who uh, is the guy who discovered the or created the chemotherapy cocktail. He basically helped helped figure out the orchiectomy. He helped figure out the RPLND and basically like is the father of testicular cancer treatment. So I got an appointment to see him. Um, he went over everything with me. Is the nicest man I've ever met. Is the reason me and so many others are still alive because of the work he did in the late 70s, early 80s uh, on testicular cancer treatment. And I figured he'd be like a big celebrity. He's like the nicest guy. He like talked to me for like 30 minutes about random stuff, gave me his personal cell phone number and uh, got me got me in with his, his he doesn't do surgery, but he has got me in with his best surgeon who does, you know, tons and tons of RPLNDs is like a world class, you know, people come in from all of the world to do RPLNDs with him. Uh, had my RPLND to remove all the lymph nodes uh, in my left side in March, uh, the end of March, March 22nd. And they found out that was uh, 
it was teratoma or no it was the, what they were concerned about was teratoma is a slow moving variety of cancer that can you know uh stick around in masses and what they found is it's actually mostly dead tissue which is really good as necrosis so that put me in surveillance i was officially no cancer detected um after that and yeah i've been in surveillance ever since um you know it was a really difficult su- surgery to recover from but i've been back at work uh since probably early may now um i'm back like you know been playing pickup soccer here and there been feeling good still get a little pain still have a little like chemo foggy brain uh but yeah been doing really well well since then i'm getting married saturday um so that's very exciting and and yeah that's been my my story just so relieved for you that things are looking up now because that is uh that's a hell of a story and a hell of a hell of a trauma to go through yeah um just a couple of things to follow up on. So, so this being the United States, you have to pay for treatment. It sounds like you kind of got oh, yeah. lucky with some and not with others. But yeah, are you are you heavily out of pocket as a result of all of this? Yeah. So I, I'm re- in some ways I'm really lucky. In some ways, just being in the U.S. makes you unlucky. Um, so I I I got lucky in that. So the surgeon did, didn't take my insurance. I did my orchiectomy, and he did it pretty much pro bono. Uh, because he was like, listen, you know, you don't have time to find someone else. Uh, I just, we got to do it. But like, you don't take my insurance. I'm not going to charge you, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. So he basically did it and, you know, charged me, I think a few hundred, which was crazy. But, you know, even with insurance, uh, you know, chemotherapy is expensive. Surgeries are expensive. I, you know, when they were doing a biopsy of my lung, they popped my lung. So I was in the, <laughs> like the intensive care for two days. That's expensive even though it wasn't my fault even though they screwed up and popped the lung i was still you know charged for that all the er trips you know um so i got really lucky in that i have some people that really love me that set up my my younger brother set up a gofundme um someone at my mom's work uh you know like gathered you know donations um you know people have been really kind you know my parents you know have been you know basically pouring you know helping me out and making sure I'm not drowning in bills, which is really nice. So it's become a manageable thing. It definitely like, you know, hit, hit my savings. And then the GoFundMe kind of helped a lot, but like, we're still, you know, I'm still getting bills in. I'm still like, you know, it's what's been really frustrating is, you know, I have, I have a separate account. That's like the GoFundMe money that's for medical stuff. And then normally if I get a bill in, I can, you know, just take it out of the GoFundMe money, pay that. But lately I haven't even been getting bills. I just, just get collector calls. I just get calls from collections about bills that I never received. And I'm like, it's affecting my credit. And I'm like, come on, like, if you would have given me this bill, I would have paid it, you know, like, I'm more than happy to pay this bill that was for, you know, the first round of chemotherapy. But you have to tell me you have to tell me I need to pay it. And you can't like not say anything. And then, you know, however, months, months later, I just get a call saying, oh, you have this many thousand dollars in collections. And if you don't pay it, it's going to destroy your credit, you know, so it's very frustrating the American medical system. I recently, because of the cancer diagnosis I got on, and because I was semi unemployed, I got on Medicaid and Medicaid has been, you know, I didn't get on it until after the surgery. So it like 
didn't cover any of the cancer stuff, but like now all the follow-up scans and all the follow-up doctor's appointments and all the medication and stuff, um, it is covered. So Medicaid has been great. And I just am super surprised that we don't have, you know, a better system in this country. Not surprised, but disappointed, you know, it should be yeah, yeah. Medicare I mean, for all. It just hampers you forever, doesn't it? I mean, um, yeah. and, and if you didn't have supportive parents and friends and you know your brother doing that amazing thing for you i mean what yep. would you have done you would have been in such a terrible yep. position yep um exactly it's, it's yeah. just really concerning um yep. this has been really really fascinating and um, mm-hmm. obviously appreciate you being so open and um yeah. transparent about everything is there any anything that you'd like to share with people in terms of resources or the, I, I know you're like really trying to promote people to be careful and and mm-hmm. check themselves what would you recommend people go read? Um, so there's a couple things. Um, so if you're in the UK, there's this great site run by a two-time survivor um, called, I think it's just testiculaircancer.co.uk. Um, and it's just got, uh, they've recently revamped the site. It's just got lots of resources. It's got like information on how to check yourself. Um, I'm pretty sure they have a forum. I don't know if they got rid of the forum, if they still have the forum, but there is a forum. The guy who runs the site is a lovely dude. You can, you can message him and he'll, you know, he, he, he'll talk to you all day long about it. Um, so that's, if you're in the UK, that's a good resource. Uh, if you're in the U S, um, what I've, I recently got involved in the testicular cancer foundation, uh, which is, you know, they have a website, they have shirts. I just did a, a, a meetup for the first time with some fellow survivors. Um, and they also have information on there, um, about checking yourself. There's like little, they'll send you a little card, like a little card that you can put in your shower. Um, that's like laminated. So it doesn't, you know, disintegrate in the water and it it just has you know explanation on on how to do it and when to do it and you know it's a little reminder um and they do a lot of great work you know reaching out uh with people that are currently going through it and survivors and you know it's great great resource to people but i mean even just google like testicular cancer self-check you know you'll find plenty of google results um you know and like i said you know we're a, a large part of the the fan base, I think, um, is in that, you know, in that demographic of, you know, people 15 to 40 or so that have testicles. So you are at risk and it, it, it's, it's great, great idea to check yourself. Takes a couple minutes, could save yourself a lot of pain. Very good advice. And that's the perfect place to end Dakota. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you.